Ladies, gentlemen, and gender-neutral fans all across the globe, welcome to the fourth Adam Sandler podcast. Very nice. Thanks. It's not even a thing anymore. It's just like, that's just what you do. Yeah. I, well, yeah. There's no gimmick to it. It's just my my <laughs> voice sometimes. Yeah. Um, yeah. So today we are going to be talking about Jack and Jill. Um, a movie I mistakenly watched a month ago. Oh God! Um, in preparation, <laughs> in preparation for our "Just Go with It" episode, uh, turns out those uh, I had those reversed in my order of the filmography. Um, that I guess is just a caveat to this entire episode. But I do have my notes, and uh, I feel ready to go. Okay. Uh, Chris, would you mind just? Kind of offering me a brief refresher on what this movie's about. Yeah, this was an Adam Sandler flick, right? This was an Adam Sandler flick. All right. Okay, good. So, good, good, good. premise, scene, uh, twins. What are they? How do they function? Just what's going on? Is it uh, just two people that just happen to look alike out of the billions of billions of people? No. In fact, twins. They come from the same mother. Uh, Right out there, they're brother and sister, could be brothers and brothers, sisters and sisters, whatever. Uh, but so we get a little, uh, the movie starts off answering this question for the viewer. Uh, twins often have a very special relationship to each other. Uh, sometimes they come up with interesting uh, languages that so they kind of, a shared language that they speak uh, as their children. Um, there's a lot of just kind of interesting connections. Uh, happening uh, so we get a nice little bit where it shows uh, just different twins talking about the experience of having a twin uh, and then we go on to uh, flashback 1975 yeah. maybe <laughs> it's probably <laughs> yeah uh, 70s and 80s we see a, two, a set of twins growing up it's a brother and sister their names are Jack and Jill uh, flash forward. Hint, present, hence the title. Present day. Okay. Uh, Adam Sandler plays Jack, a busy ad executive, uh, ad producer, uh, and he is trying to make a ad for a new donut. Is it is it Dunkin' Donuts or is it just like is it like Dunkin'? It's it's Dunkin'. Duncan. It's Dunkin' Donuts, and it's their... Like the actual um, Dunk, Dunkin' Donuts? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so he's trying to make an ad for Dunkin' Donuts uh, that he wants to get Al Pacino. Uh, also, his sister, his twin sister, Jill... Uh, is by coming, Leone. Yeah, is, is coming over. Uh, no, guess what? Jill is also played by Adam no. Sandler. No! Uh, so his... Yeah, I know. Did you catch that? <laughs> when you were watching the movie i thought it was marissa tomei or Tay leone i just couldn't oh my god couldn't figure it out yeah. <laughs> yeah it's actually adam sandler uh he he's plays good. two characters uh and using the latest cgi technology last time when they experimented with cgi technology they found that they could make someone's nose bigger uh <laughs> this time they've realized they could actually have two adam sandler movies we know where this is going because we have the benefit of seeing what the next couple movies that they made are, which of course culminates in 101 Adam Sandler characters. Yeah, 
I love that one, although it is weird that they're all naked except for collars and that they're being chased around by a rich billionaire woman who wants to murder them. It's niche. It's a niche movie, but it's good. Yeah, Yeah. just all of his many, many voices where he does kind of a falsetto. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, it's me, Adam Sandler. All of his voice. Yeah, all of his voice. But anyway, yes, Jack and Jill, both played by Adam Sandler. Jill is his kind of annoying sister who's coming to visit for the holidays. Uh, and uh, that's that's it. Some stuff happens. They got to make a commercial. Jill's gets on his nerves a lot. Will he reconcile with Jill, understand that family is what it's all about? Will they ever make this commercial? Yeah. I don't know. If you watch the movie, you'll find out. You sure will. Well, I mean, some of those you things, might. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so one of the things, uh, I, feel, I mean, I feel like that is just the movie, but one of the things that I wanted to bring up kind of early on is that I feel like in some ways Jack and Jill represent like Adam Sandler's character type uh in the in the movies we've been watching which is like he's well off he makes enough money to support himself he may actually even be exorbitantly wealthy um but he has issues around just like finding satisfaction in life and the whole story of like well you you can't buy happiness that i feel like is one of the character types that we keep seeing and and like not a super direct way but that seems to be what they're riffing on is that idea of like money can't buy happiness and then the other character type that we saw a decade ago both in terms of his filmography and in terms of how long this we've been doing this podcast is the kind of failure to launch character the person who is missing something who doesn't quite have it figured out and i kind of feel like um Jill in some ways embodies that character because she's somebody who from what I remember she still lived with their parents um, still spent a lot of time with their parents still lived in the same city where she grew up Um, her brother has moved away and kind of has his own life and in returning to or in in like kind of barging in on that life Jill is not just um, like invading his privacy but she's also like bringing him back to a life that he kind of left behind. Um, so I, I don't know if, if that resonates with you or you felt the same way watching it, but that kind of sense that, Oh, these are actually two of Adam Sandler's pretty standard characters. Mm -hmm. We've just merged them together in a movie where they're, um, you know, both kind of the main character. Mm -hmm. Sorry. I'm just checking my computer. Oh, it's okay. Might be getting a little, eh, I'm gonna go ahead and turn the. It's a hot day here, Oklahoma City, so I'm gonna go. I ahead keep and forgetting that. Yeah, it's it's chilly Sorry, out new... today here in Oxford, Ohio. What kind oh, of day? I is mean, it? just Oxford. What? Oh, anyway, this is part of our new segment where I turn the fan on. <laughs> yeah. Turn it's it called. On the fan. It's called um. The fan alley, or. The. F- that, that little woof was kind of an Adam Sandler woof. Woof. Yeah, bringing it down. 
Bringing it it's back a hot down. Oh, nice. Uh, that wasn't. No, that wasn't great. Okay. You're a quick one. No, that's what not you it either. <laughs> I have to imagine you were sitting here the whole time practicing the voice. <laughs> I wish. Um. Yeah. So we've got those two. You know, kind of our big characters. Mm-hmm. Um. And then uh, a lot of other characters. <laughs> yeah. It's, you know, all, it's all true. Kind of surprising to see an Adam Sandler film true. with a lot of different characters. But um, yeah. we got uh, Tim Meadows is in this one as, uh, as Adam Sandler's character's assistant. Okay. Also, I felt that he was kind of like the person who pushed the plot he was the person who came in he like chimed in every now and then to be like hey james bond you better go kill this bad guy now (laughs) or in this case hey you got to do this commercial or like hey al pacino wants to talk to you or you got to get a hold of al pacino or whatever it is Mm um so that was kind of interesting like um i don't know just the way he's he's functioning not as a source of humor he's He's not like a, a. He doesn't have a major role in the in the movie, and he's not funny. He just no. shows up to kind of say, yeah. "Hey, this next thing needs to happen." He does, yeah, that is true. Yeah, I'm looking at uh, at this cast list. I mean, there's as we might imagine, there's quite a few of the usual uh, cameos here. Yeah. Uh, if you want to do that, I mean, okay. So this isn't a usual cameo, but. Uh, Katie Holmes plays his wife. Oh yeah. Uh, that's almost though at this point. Doesn't he just always? Isn't he just always paired with like a big or up and coming uh, Hollywood actress? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, much. I think it, it's interesting thinking about this one because, I mean, when you think about Katie Holmes and Jennifer Aniston, there's no way that Jennifer Aniston would have played this role. Mm. She's too she's too well known mm-hmm. I don't even know how they grade the actresses but I just feel like she's like an A-list actor and I kind of feel like this is after like the Tom Cruise okay. weird stuff I don't know mm-hmm. but um, so I don't know it just it felt like one of those things where Katie Holmes would never work as the person to play opposite Adam Sandler and just go with it and Jennifer Aniston would never work as this character as this sure. character because they're not really. But yeah, it is the same kind of thing where like every movie he's just he always, opposite opposite yeah. a pretty well known actress. Yes. it feels like he, um, it's always a he always so yeah he is always. I mean he always has a girlfriend or has some kind of relationship, right? I feel like not in well, what's the one where he goes to prison? The longest I guess yard. To, that, to that movie's credit, I guess uh, he do, they don't try to like shoehorn in a romance subplot. There's not some icky girl in that one. <laughs> well, I'm just. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, I know what you mean. Um, they don't try to like, but it feels very like heteronormative, I guess, that he's just always like, well. Hetero- and actually, at the beginning like, of that one, yeah, at the beginning of that one, he's. Uh, he's with Courtney Cox, another right. And I, th- star. I th- thought there was somebody, yeah. Yeah, but I don't think that. Absolutely, and again, like. To be but why her? Other than like she's a big name, 
but she has a very small role in it, and I feel like sometimes the actress, like, just go with it, Jennifer Aniston, a big part of the movie. Yeah. Like, that was almost like, to me, that was like a dual headlining yeah. role. But in some of them, it seems like the uh, the partner role isn't really that vital to the movie but they do always want to get a name that will draw in more people I guess to it I don't know I'm kind of looking at it from a uh, maybe somewhat cynical perspective or I could definitely see a trailer of The Longest Yard uh, that involves Courtney Cox and it being like that's mm. that's worth it you know and that's like, it's worth yeah. it to have Courtney Cox in the trailer even though she only appears in the movie for five minutes yeah and yeah. there isn't like and actually it is interesting and it one yeah I do think it is kind of manufactured because uh the rest of his like he has like this crew of recurring actors that are in all of them but there isn't like why not just have like a comedic actress that's just always the partner in the same way that Alan Cover is always a goof goofy side character Steve Buscemi yeah. re uh, shows up over and over again. I don't know. I was just kind of a thought. Like when you think about comedy troops or whatever. Like, oh man, you know, there's like the Christopher Guest. They always have. That's like always the same people. Yeah, and like I'm just I mean, like spacing people's mem- uh, names right now. But well, I kind of feel like one of the things you're pointing out is the fact that this this Sandler bunch mm-hmm. has has no women in it. <laughs> is that what I'm pointing at? Or, or people of color. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, and, yeah. And when they are, I feel like uh, they're like beamed in like uh, Maya Rudolph. Like she's a yeah. working comedic actress. I would not associate her with uh, Adam Sandler, but they're like, well, let's get somebody. Yeah, and I think I mean, she, wor- so- she, she 100% fits in. And, then and I don't yeah. yeah, I mean, thinking about just go with it. That's not a movie that was even made by, uh, written by Adam Sandler, and we talked about we talked about how that was kind of like one of those movies that, um, the studio probably picked up. Mm-hmm. And I just kind of feel like Adam Sandler. My guess, just judging by his filmography, is that he would be totally fine n- never having uh, the love interest play that important of a role. Like mm-hmm. I feel like Drew Barrymore and Jennifer Aniston are the the best examples of like an actress also being a comedian and mm-hmm. working opposite Adam Sandler in films. Mm-hmm. Most of the time I feel like what they would what what the studio would like to have is something along the lines of Happy Gilmore where it's like, oh yeah, there's this love interest that kind of helps mm-hmm. him get his life together. Yeah. Or even kind of Selma Hayek where it's like, I liked Selma Hayek's character, but she definitely didn't play that central role in the story the way that mm-hmm. Jennifer Aniston or Drew Barrymore do but mm-hmm. I also think this is probably a, a movie trope that goes back a long time back way before I ever started watching movies so like 1992 <laughs> um, yeah and, it, could be. and it, uh, I, one of the actresses I was thinking about was Audrey Hepburn and I, don't, I haven't seen yeah. I don't think I've, I've maybe seen like one of her movies but I wonder if that's kind of the same thing where she had that kind of star power and also that charisma and kind of playful um, mm-hmm. humor that she could 
work opposite different actors and mm-hmm. and do things like that. But I don't know. Yeah, I think so. I mean, but I'm thinking now of like James Bond movies. It's like a different. There's a different love interest in every single yeah. one. Yeah. And that also the part of the like fantasy of James Bond is like oh, he sleeps with a lot of different women, um, but they do like I feel like it's like every James Bond movie. James Bond comes back at the different people at the spy factory <laughs> or whatever. <Yeah. laughs> Come back. Um, Spies are us. Yeah. But, uh, really inconspicuous. Um, but uh, it's always a different, but the different girlfriends are always different and the bad guy. Well, no, it's even the same bad guy in a lot of them. It's the bald guy. <laughs> well, they have so much character, you know, we got to keep those in. But the... <laughs> The slabs of meat. Oh, he, oh, the guy he, with the cat. Yeah, lies down. Wait, that what? The bald guy with the cat. Or is that a Austin Powers? Is well, he bald? I don't remember. Yeah, it's Austin Powers, but it may also have been James Bond because I don't know anything yeah, about James Bond. He definitely has a cat. Um, I or, did. Or, date, or, uh, I did. Yeah. I did date a girl in high school whose dad watched a lot of James Bond and really yeah. liked James Bond. The whole family knew all the different James Bonds and everything. Uh, Turned out they were all spies. I didn't. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. No, they weren't. There's no moral to that story, but uh, yeah, it's a fascinating. What 50, forty year, probably yeah. fifty year history now they've gone through. I don't oh know, yeah, like yeah. Seven, eight, maybe twenty bonds. I don't actually know. <laughs> yeah. Just, yeah, for sure. <laughs> I only just know like, Sean Connery and the guy they have now. Just, Those are the okay. two I know. <laughs> just like, uh, just like they've had multiple different Adam Sandlers over the uh, That's course true. of his filmography too. They have to replace them every now and then. Wait, are we Cause, uh, Are we oh. about to cross the plane? Um, maybe later. But uh, I wish you'd take me on a journey across the plane sometime. Yeah, yeah it's true. I have nowhere else to go um, but, across, but across the plane. Um, what was I saying? Oh, just... It's like a trope. It probably predates James Bond, but I'm just thinking, okay, same deal, but every single movie there's like a different uh, woman lead, leading actress in it. And, um, but yeah, they do it. But then they also like, I feel like probably if we do ever do like Jim Carrey or somebody, I feel like it's yeah. probably the same thing in a lot of his movies. It's like, all right. Now they have, uh, who is it in the mask? Is it she was a Jenny, big name. Ma- Jenny McCarthy? No, is it Cameron Diaz? God, oh, maybe. Is it? She did. She did me myself and Irene too. Oh, okay. I, th- I'm pretty sure. Wait, 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 wait. I. I think you're right about Cameron Diaz because didn't they talk about it in Funny People? Uh. Uh, oh, I'm a ca- Cameron. <laughs> Cameron Diaz. Yeah, it is Cameron Diaz in the mask. So if she comes up in multiple one, well, then maybe she's like the Jennifer Aniston or the Drew Barrymore. Yeah, could be. Um, I think the other big thing is just that even though they cycle through women. Uh-huh. Um, like their objects, 
the Adam Sandler movies, at the very least, aren't just reducing those roles to sex objects and like you know trophies. Like Jennifer Aniston ends up having as much, if Definitely. not more, character yeah. in Just Go With It than oh yeah. Especially now Katie Holmes, Jill. yeah, not so much, just because she doesn't yeah. have as much screen time. But Jill, for sure, I thought Jill. Mm-hmm really shined in jack and jill <laughs> yeah or we should get back to the movie in just a second but no i agree i mean i think that there is um i think it's there's a little bit of like sexism at play there probably a lot actually but you should never undersell how much sexism is at play i suppose but yeah I, it's not that i think they're like oh we need like eye candy or something for the movie it's more like i don't know and yet that's kind of it's also like part of part of jennifer aniston's involvement was being eye candy there needs to be a big name there's another big name who doesn't actually end up having a big role and then the rest of the movie is filled with like kind of the happy madison crew yeah regulars I and just, Al Pacino. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I do think that Jennifer Aniston was kind of used as eye candy. I mean, there are definitely moments where she's used as eye candy in the movie. Yeah. And, yeah, so it is a complicated thing, because I had just said, like, you know, it's more, you know, at least it's complicated, I guess. At least mm. she... <laughs> yeah. At least... What do you want us to do? <laughs> I don't know. It's just, um, you know, there aren't moments at no point are they stepping back to be like well we had this moment where jennifer aniston slowly took off her clothes to reveal her body in a bikini Mm -hmm. why don't we do the same thing for adam sandler (laughs) i'm i'm serious and if we don't if we don't do that why not (laughs) yeah why are we not doing that yeah yeah anyway um yeah so that was one person who's in the movie uh covert watch damn that one was really cool i feel inspired to lay down like a really sick guitar riff over that one yeah you should that one was pretty good let's get some okay get some can you do that no (laughs) yeah you got it i've heard you i've heard i'll lay i'll lay that down before i before i um before I send it over to you. But yeah, Alan Covert is in this one. Uh, that's two in a row for, for the old AC, which I'm really happy to see. Mm-hmm. Um, and the great thing about this one to me is that he's playing Otto, which is a reprisal um, from Happy Gilmore when he played a homeless man named Otto. Mm-hmm. So it looks like things did not work out with Otto and Happy Gilmore because 20 years later... <clears throat> He uh, is still homeless. Mm-hmm. Um, he gets brought to Thanksgiving dinner, which is kind of, I feel like, where the whole movie, the present of the movie starts. is Thanksgiving. It's Thanksgiving, and Jill is coming mm-hmm. for Thanksgiving. Yeah. Um, and so there's this homeless guy, Otto, who is has been invited by, I think, Katie Holmes's parents. Um, and he uh, just shows up periodically and yells a lot. He actually, so he leaves, but then I think he just lives out in the woods by Adam Sandler's house for the rest of the movie, mm-hmm. because there are a few different moments where Jill like gets upset and runs off, and mm-hmm. and and Otto is out in the woods too. 
Um, and at one point, I think maybe tries to cook Jill's bird. So Jill has a pet bird, funniest bird, <laughs> so fucking funny. With big bulging eyes. Yeah. <laughs> no, not really. That's a callback to um, the bedtime stories. But I feel yeah. like they're really striking out with the uh, animal side, like funny animal pet. Yeah. Stuff for me. Not I almost it. think it's. I think it's just like a. A, throwing a bone to kids like hey yeah. here's a bird that says funny stuff the kids will love this yeah. while parents will enjoy the more sophisticated forms of humor on display such as jill's soak stained or sweat stained sheets i thought you were gonna say when jill gets diarrhea oh also when she gets diarrhea that Ooh, or when she has the um the, the what are they the jet ski in the pool yes yeah wow okay you maybe maybe these movies are actually for kids maybe adam sandler's just making movies for his own kids now yeah and we just didn't know no wasn't he always (laughs) oh yeah for some kind of kid that's true It's, it's like straight for i don't know i don't know i don't know if he has like Right now it's 2011. Everyone's going outside. <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> you can just go to theme parks and restaurants oh, and just all sorts of places. They had it so good. Yeah, but like, uh, wait, why are all these people at a restaurant? Yeah. What? But I, I'm not sure. Like, we we go back to 1999. Middle school kids love Adam Sandler. Yeah. Uh, 2011. I don't know. I don't know if he was still... Like, I don't think he's relevant in that way. When I was... like, I don't think he's hip. Yeah. When I was... I've told the story before, but when I was in middle school, someone gave me a burnt CD that had uh, Happy Gilmore on it. Oh, <laughs> man. And I was like, oh, this is awesome. It was like getting an artifact yeah. or something. It was super cool. Uh, would someone in 2011, I guess give someone a flash drive or whatever would it be the same i don't know how people watch movies i don't Um, yeah i don't know anymore like a a a phone that had the movie loaded on it well i just think by this point i think when happy gilmore was out it was like hitting another level of humor for me as a kid yeah but by the time jack and jill comes out you have south park which I guess really like end of story family guy you have these shows that are so much more so much edgier in that in that sense of like that's the thing that 13 year old kids are trading if it's not you know Yu-Gi-Oh cards then it's yeah yeah and that was yeah that would be even like late 90s and early 2000s now they're pro- now they're just like memes probably yeah they love memes memes yeah <laughs> memes yeah, you know, I, I saw a funny one that uh, it took a, a image of uh, a SpongeBob SquarePants, but yeah. he was saying things that I don't remember SpongeBob <laughs> saying in the cartoon. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> oh, I love those those kind. Um, have you? Yeah, there's that one with Bill Clinton that's been oh. circulating recently, where he's uh, he's sitting on like the carpet of a floor with a bunch of records around him and headphones on and he's smiling smugly and i think people are just putting different covers on the records and i don't get it but it's it's 
It's fun. It looks like <laughs> okay. which is actually how I feel about every meme that I see. I don't get it, but it's fun. Oh, I love this. This is fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh. Uh. So yeah. Um. So this, I do think this movie follows a pretty. I think this movie does a good job of setting up a kind of timeline for itself. Like, it has an expiration date in a way. Like, okay, she's coming for Thanksgiving, and then she's going to just stay for Thanksgiving. Oh, she's staying until Christmas. Mm-hmm. Or, or the birthday. Oh, she's staying until Christmas. Oh, she's staying till, et cetera, et cetera. And it kind of keeps going like that uh, as, she, as she revises her plans. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought that was kind of a helpful way of kind of like marking uh marking time hang on one second oh i'm back that's weird (laughs) as i think uh i think um can you hear the chopping it's like it looked like you were swearing at your son yeah i was my son is chopping uh (laughs) vegetables for our pizza and I told him not to chop so loudly. I didn't actually say anything. I just <laughs> muted and then fake screamed. But okay, um, woof, man, we are really doing this movie justice. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, where were we? Oh, so, so oh, she's so this this will be helpful. I feel like a big part of the movie is that. Uh, Jack does not like Jill. He can't stand Jill. Yeah, yeah. He cares about her, but he really cannot stand her. She annoys the hell out of him, which is fair because she is pretty annoying. Um, she nags a lot. She teases him a lot. Uh, she's just a she's an odd duckling, you know. And he's not a fan. Um, so one of the thing, one of his kind of like subplots for him is oh. If I can hook Jill up with somebody, mm-hmm. then we won't have to worry about it. So he sets her up on some online dating stuff, uh, trying to get her hooked up, um, you know, get her out of her out of his hair. And uh, she dates. I think she only goes on one date. Is that right? With mm-hmm. with Norm McDonald. Norm McDonald. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, one of the problems with this movie. <laughs> is there's no nothing matters in this movie and i'm not jumping to a criticism i'm just this is another caveat like nothing actually matters so when i talk about this scene with norm mcdonald it's so isolated from any Mm -hmm. larger meaning within the context of like plot development or character development or anything but there's this really great moment in the date with norm mcdonald because he disappears he's like i have to use the restroom and then she waits Jill waits and waits and waits and he never comes back and so eventually she goes to check on him in the bathroom and he's not there Mm -hmm. well I think that could have been it right it could have been just he's not there he 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 bailed Mm -hmm. but she leaves and then the camera pans up and Norm MacDonald is hanging from a light fixture in the bathroom stall Mm-hmm. And that I thought was funny. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. 
I did not expect that. Yes. They added a joke to one of the scenes in the movie. I always like it when they remember to put jokes in their comedies. I love it. It doesn't always happen, but when it does, oh boy, sometimes it's funny. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, we could, uh, yeah. All right. You're cracking up just thinking about it. I can see you. Um, <laughs> I guess, you know, we can go through some of the other characters that were in this, because I think that's the thing that's going to bring us back. We've got to get grounded here. Okay, yeah. We're, uh, there's no structure Nick, to this episode, and I, I want us to uh, <coughs> structure it a little bit more. Yeah, for sure. I think the key is the characters. There's a lot yes. of characters. So one we're of the, char- Nick, the characters, Nick Schwartzden, uh yeah. is in this one. Uh, yes. He plays Adam Sandler's kind of assistant. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's not really involved with any of the other characters. He just hangs out at the office, takes calls, and is sometimes insulted by Adam Sandler. Yes. Yeah. So pretty, uh, pretty classic Nick Swartzen character. Yeah. At um, this point, we've got some just bit cameos by Regis Philbin, Danny yeah. Carvey. Yeah. Um, that giant Depp. Giant Depp. Uh, Shaquille O'Neal. Yeah. Shaquille O'Neal's in this one. Yeah. Oh God. I know. <laughs> what? Uh, J- Jared from Subway. Yeah. Yeah. We don't have to say anything. You don't about al- him. Yeah, you don't always know what's gonna happen. Um, John Logren is in this one. Mm. There's that. I, I think that was a great moment at the the end of the movie. Just to go ahead and jump ahead, everything works out for the main characters. And oh, spoiler, no. and um, and uh, Jack and his family actually so jill shows up to the new year's italian restaurant where she always eats with Mm -hmm. always used to eat with her mom and it just so happens that like some other people from their high school are also there and they're the kind of people who you know never never grew out of high school they never Mm -hmm. matured past it kind of so they're still stuck in that that loop and um it's just this like table of people one of them is jonathan logren one of them is uh, Peter Dante, and then another one is David Spade playing a woman. Um, mm-hmm. And that was a, that was a, that happened in the movie. That's in there. Uh, another yeah. so. Uh, there's also Eugenio Derbez. I don't know. Uh, I'm not. That's not a familiar name to me. But uh, this is something I didn't catch in the movie. He plays Felipe. Uh, I'm thinking that is uh, the person that uh, That's the, the, Jill ends up becoming interested in. The landscaper. The uh, landscaper, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And a... he also plays Wangelina, which is Felipe's mother, who uh, I think no is an way. old woman in the park when they, they yeah. go to a family reunion. Uh, I think there's some jokes with her. I don't know what she eats a lot of peppers. I think she gets hit repeatedly she when gets, someone's playing with the pinata. She gets hit. Okay. And so and that's how they wake her. She gets knocked out multiple times in the in that scene and then they like wake okay. her up by making her eat jalapenos. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, but I didn't catch that that was that same actor. Okay, so I didn't either. That. That's super cool. Yeah, so the, is it what <laughs> they're kind of doing? <laughs> so like uh we'll at some point, we'll have to talk about uh, Jill, but 
or not. <laughs> that we was the have... original title for this yeah. movie. We need to talk about Jill. Yeah, but um, so I, I find it interesting. I want to, or I, I, the fact that they sort of mirror the main like joke or conceit of the movie. I would like that they are also having some of the Mar Minor characters also like mirror the big the big stunt or whatever of the movie. I, I would like that, but I I think that uh, but because I th- it's based on uh, the I concept that seeing a man dressed as a woman is inherently funny uh, I, that I, I think maybe no longer uh, works as a joke <laughs> I think that our understanding of uh, gender uh, the visibility of trans people but also the visibility of art forms such as drag which uh, I think was always an art form with a lot of interesting culture attached to it but is now much more visible than it would have been even when this movie came out. Uh, but I think just a lot of things make that it's just not that funny or interesting to see Adam Sandler do a play a woman. And, uh, you know... Well, speak for, I mean, obviously, speak, speaking for yourself. I mean, yes, I think that's true. Everyone has different, you know, senses of humor. Yeah. You did think it was hilarious? Yeah. No, it's, yeah, I get what you're saying. Um, I think the exciting thing to me was I immediately started formulating this idea that um, that the, the guy who also plays his grandma was like an up-and-coming comedian mm. or like a lesser-known comedian, and Adam Sandler was like, I want you in my movie, and I also want you to, like, do your thing in my movie, mm-hmm. which involves, like, playing other characters and, like, playing the um, highly stereotypical, you know... Uh, Mexican uh, grandmother or you know mm-hmm. whatever um, nonetheless I just it's one of those things like yeah it's not like ideal but it's um, I thought could, yeah it could be like a cool generous kind of thing to do where you have this platform where you can be like hey I want you in sure, my movie yeah. and to do we're gonna you like have a character yeah we don't have to have this scene with your you know family and kind of showing again very stereotypical mm-hmm. aspects of mexican culture but we'll go ahead and include it in the movie anyway mm-hmm. yeah that's yeah that could very well be it's fucking common uh, i guess i was thinking of uh david spade though i think that oh the yeah they're doing that as like a match to adam sandler playing jill and then it's yeah. like oh now david spade is playing uh monica right yeah yeah there was um nothing funny about that performance yeah. And I don't even, I'm not even talking about, yeah, it's just like, this is so, I don't know, this wasn't funny. <laughs> well, I, yeah. You and know who, think, oh, go ahead, who go ahead, funny? no, you go, no, I wasn't going to say that, I was going to say, you know who was even less funny, so you go ahead. And then oh, go. I was just going to say, again, I think it goes back for me, which is just, it's, yeah, I think that there's this the the comedy bit doesn't work anymore for me, and I think that that's it's gonna come to be seen as like very dated, even in things that are uh, like Monty Python uh, did that a lot. They did a lot of like 
oh, the man is playing a woman, I think that uh, that's also dated. I think their stuff mostly holds up, though I actually did, I watched The Life of Brian not that long ago, and they had a lot of transphobic humor in it, which kind of sucked. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it sucked to see that and be like, oh, well, they were a product of their time. Well, I, I don't know if we've really talked about humor. Monty Python? <laughs> Monty Python or humor. I, I remember Monty Python being something that as a kid I couldn't, just couldn't quite get into. I had a neighbor who really liked Monty Python, but... Yeah, you might you saved yourself a lot of wedgies. Oh, good. Good, Maybe, good, good. I don't know. No, that's just nerd. <laughs> that's, that's making fun of nerds. No one ever gave me shit for... I didn't, like... I didn't go around and tell, tell the school bullies, but it's like, but uh, it was fine. <laughs> Who's your best friend? Monty Python. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I don't even, I couldn't even pick him out of a lineup. I just know he did a lot of movies. Yeah, but... well, he's a, it's, it's Canadian. He's a Monty. Okay. Oh, he's and not he, British. Okay. Yeah. And he, I... no, he, he's got okay. a big schlong. What? Yeah. Let's move on. I think, as we've talked about, the movie, all these movies have uh, wormed their way into... Rotted our brains. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. I don't even know what I'm saying anymore. Um, I, don't, I don't even know what my own sense of humor is anymore. <laughs> well, I was going to say that I think this is something that... I don't know if we've ever talked about it, but I have this theory about humor. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is that humor always has to have a butt of the joke like humor always has to, has to have a victim mm-hmm. so no matter what you're making a joke about there has to be somebody who like for lack of a better term suffers mm-hmm. as a result of it and I think a lot of the best comedians are people who turn that on themselves and they yeah. become the object of of ridicule they become mm-hmm. like humor's victim yes. but I think that has to exist, and so it is, I don't know, I mean, you know, ideally, if if culture is, like, improving, if, like, mm-hmm. wokeness is spread across the globe, and, mm-hmm. and, and that's something that continues to progress, um, and we work closer and closer to that kind of ideal where people aren't ridiculed, then mm-hmm. I'm wondering what happens to humor as, you know, as that mm-hmm. develops. Um, you know yeah cause you can do yeah yeah will you, will utopia be humorless and if so is it worth it I don't yeah oh wow someone said well, someone that's a good subtitle for a book I don't remember where what, what the context was it was a class it was a professor I don't know if this was grad school or undergrad but they said something about like they thought that humor was always a assertion of power mm. of some kind and I remember at the time being like oh I, I don't like that <laughs> they thought it was always a kind of mean assertion of power and I was like I don't know I didn't like it I yeah I, I like my I like my jokes <laughs> I, I, like, yeah. I like I like humor but that's why you started writing your manifesto uh, feminism social justice warriors and the end of funny <laughs> colon will utopia be humorless <laughs> oh yeah, right yeah yeah i posted it on reddit i posted it on the mra reddit 
<laughs> got a lot of got a lot of points or thumbs up or whatever. I was I did yeah I was gonna say not a lot of hits, but I don't know how Reddit works. Um, There's some kind of approval system <laughs> system on it. Like all a these Reddit, PC of, social media sites. Yeah, a lot of I got a lot of Reddit bucks. Uh, um. I was I was actually going to say I wanted to point out that there was one other cameo. I don't know if you'd call it a cameo because I don't think he was a cameo at the time. Yeah. Um, one more thing but, about Reddit. Uh, I'm oh, people, great! It sounds like we're making fun of people who are on Reddit, which is and a we power are. move, and we are. But I want I'm the real joke for me, which I guess since people don't know what I spend my time doing, they wouldn't get it. So it's just a joke that works for me. I'll let you in on my joke. I'm making fun of myself. I spend, like, hours on Reddit. <laughs> I still don't know how it works. I don't know what... Like, I literally don't... I legitimately don't remember what the, like, approval system is. Do you have so, an account on Reddit? I don't. I just, like, okay. read stuff that people put on it. Yeah. And that's the I, other reason that my brain is... I will say I use... I, th- I feel like I use Reddit more than I use... Like, I will rely on Reddit to answer a question that I have more often than I will most other sites at this point. Yeah. Um, yeah. Not, I noticed yeah. noticed that the other day where it was like I had this I can't even remember what the question was. I mean, it wasn't like a cooking question. I feel like it had something to do with music, and it was just like, no, I know that they're gonna. This is like vetted in a way that whatever site I'm about to go to is not going to be <laughs> vetted. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It's just like it's like the new Ask Jeeves is kind of like probably how best way to describe it. Mm, yeah, or yeah, there's yeah, there's quite a, there's a few Yahoo Answers. <laughs> yeah, that was one for a while, but yeah, Reddit. Yeah, it's not not bad, but sometimes it is. <laughs> it's not bad, but it's incredibly toxic. <laughs> that's that's the one. But there's some very uh, insightful stuff on yeah really and and i think the other thing is that it there's a community for everybody on that site and so you have yeah that that's been my experience is like unfortunately you have some really shitty communities on there and then you have Mm. some really cool communities and like it's really cool to see uh fandoms on there like uh i randomly found a, a video of tools drummer um uh, playing live and it was just the whole song was focused on him like four different cameras focused on him mm-hmm. and then like stumbled my way onto like the reddit page for tool fans and it was just like <laughs> you, you finally were at home <laughs> i really was no it was like it was just a bunch of people super supportive about tool mm-hmm. and anyone who wanted to talk about tool yeah. which uh, that is also part of the problem of the internet I know but it's just cool that they weren't on there like dogging each other like I feel like most people in forums 10 or 15 years ago were doing mm-hmm. where it was like I feel like forum culture was I know more than you so no matter what you have to say I'm going to shit on whatever you have to say mm-hmm. a lot of the time and reddit culture at least from my few dabblings feels more mm-hmm. like uh, yo we're all like we all like this same thing and that's that's what matters and that's cool and let's like talk about it yeah i have to imagine it depends on where you are that could but, be uh, yeah. although i guess i, I thought know. tool would be the place where we'd have some assholes that's yeah <laughs> hmm. perhaps but the, uh, yeah totally anecdotal really tool yeah. and uh 
at Logic Pro are the only places where I've really dabbled too much. Um, I wanted to mention another character, though. Um, yes. So the bathroom guy. Uh, okay. Uh, so at, when they're on the cruise, I think it's during the time that they're on the cruise. Oh, yeah. So at the end, toward the end of the okay. movie, one of the big plot points is that Al Pacino, we have kind of a love triangle. Uh, Jack wants Al Pacino to do his Dunkin' Donuts commercial. Mm-hmm. Al Pacino doesn't want to do that. But Al Pacino is in love with Jill, who doesn't love Al Pacino. Mm-hmm. But Jill does love Jack, who doesn't really care too much for Jill. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have this love triangle. Anyway, they go on this cruise to kind of get away from Al Pacino. Mm-hmm. And the bathroom guy is actually uh, played by Ruben Rabasa. And okay. he, does a, he does a couple things. So one of the things is um, Jack goes into the bathroom as Jack, and he dresses all up, and then he comes out as Jill. And his breasts are like, kind of, what's the word? Uh, askew? askew. Yeah, askew. Caddy Wampus was the only thing that was coming to mind, but that just didn't seem right. Um, his breasts are all askew, and so uh, the the bathroom guy goes up to him, and, and it's obvious that the bathroom guy knows that he just he's dressing as a woman now. Goes up mm. to him, grabs his breasts, and shifts them back into place mm-hmm. um, and then later on he does the same thing to Jill and she punches him through a door mm-hmm. um, so kind of a you know kind of a sweet and then you know funny mm-hmm. you know, mistaken identity kind of moment probably one of the few times they actually uh, uh, what's the word they like made it worth it to have this whole conceit the you know what conceit, i mean yes. yeah the whole conceit which really that doesn't was, play yeah. off at all in the movie but that was no. one of the few times where they like take advantage of it um but i just that, real quick before we go into that ruben mm-hmm. rabasa is also in i think you should leave okay. so if you've seen that episode of oh. i think you should leave um the one i'm thinking of is the focus group where they're talking about cars and he's the old guy who keeps talking about like i want the car where the steering wheel fly off <laughs> and then he's it doing be stinky the... <laughs> yes. he's doing the trick with the water bottle and everybody a, loves uh, him there's a sketch <laughs> comedy show on netflix for uh, That's... those who are unfamiliar and yeah very very much worth worth watching um but yeah it was so cool to to see uh, him you know uh, those are the only cool. two things i know of him in but uh but yeah so if you want to we can go back to the conceit of the the movie like oh the conceit wanted, of the movie if you wanted to say more about that yes but first uh i did so since we're let's go ahead and uh well we could yeah you i didn't just write, i didn't I didn't catch. Yeah, <laughs> let's, let's get out of here. Uh, did you catch the? Um, who was Danny Carvey? Because I saw that. He was I, the at the very beginning. It. So Jack is a director. He's directing uh-huh. commercials and stuff. And uh, Regis Philbin, um, he, Regis Philbin wakes up and he's hurt. His stomach is hurting, and like a Muppet esophagus or a Muppet stomach oh. comes up and starts talking oh, yeah. to him. Dana Carvey is the Dana puppeteer. Carvey. Oh, yeah, Dana okay. Carvey's. The, nice. He like stands back up and yeah okay yeah cool um yeah that was the payoff for the conceit for me too was that scene uh where that felt like a real 
we were talking last time about how sometimes these movies like I like when there's like a concept that like is followed to some kind of snowballing conclusion or something yeah uh more than when they don't do anything yeah (laughs) and when nothing happens in the movie um and so i liked that uh i did it did feel like a payoff that now jack has to dress up as his sister jill both played by the same person to go impersonate her uh and that was probably the funniest thing was the the bathroom attendant observes his transformation and then you think oh he's going to be very judgmental or something right he's actually turns out to be in his own very like quiet and like stern i guess way or like kind of just like business-like way is actually very supportive and is like i support you i'm gonna help fix you up so you can go out presumably to um well i don't know whatever not to go on some kind of high stakes but to uh, assert your own identity yes in some way whether uh yeah and so um yeah so i, I did like that it was a nice little moment i don't know about the rest of it <laughs> yeah i i, I feel really like much, this I would think. be i think this would be something really fun to think about with all of these movies is like so many of them have a kind of conceit and what was the germ you know what i mean like what was the mm-hmm. seed of that conceit where it was like we should do a movie like this because we can have this kind of moment in it mm-hmm. you know we can have a funny like did it start with a funny moment like oh the bathroom attendant you know this kind of mistaken identity and then the second time he gets punched in the face or did it start with something else i mean i guess probably with this one it started with the trope of wait eddie murphy played all the characters in a movie adam do you want to do do you want to do like a guy and a girl oh no oh, sure yeah that'd be great oh no i forgot that eddie murphy played all the characters in a movie yeah maybe all multiple leading movies up to, uh, all leading up to 101 adam sandler characters <laughs> 101 eddie murphy's oh man that was also a good movie yeah no i you know i didn't actually see those <laughs> i'm not gonna lie wait nutty the 101 professor. oh okay the nutty professor the nutty professor 2 and then the crumps i think maybe it was oh, one yeah. where it was just the, i haven't seen any of them the mom and dad yeah yeah um that was one where you know it's like you make the nutty professor and actually nobody watches it because it's the movie the nutty professor people watch it because it's eddie murphy playing a bunch of different mm-hmm. um obese people right that's yeah. right that was yeah comedy comedy dang which those are like i, th- I want to say like 90s late 90s mm-hmm. those movies so they get a pass but jack and jill i don't think so <laughs> <laughs> yeah i didn't even feel like well would, did you think the movie was mean no uh, did you not really oh it almost like like they Jill's kind of the butt of some of the joke but at the end like the lesson is more like like Jack seems way overly mean toward her yeah 
like and so for he, no clear reason her, yeah he presents her as like the most annoying difficult to deal with person that you could even imagine and then this person shows up jill shows up and they're like seem a little high maintenance i guess like oh yeah this is a family member who seems like i don't know they but they seem fine basically especially because they're just trying to like they i guess one of the problems is she tries to connect with him over things that he finds embarrassing yeah like the fact that they have a made-up language right. in the past but like he's not like a, a 19 year old he's like a fucking 45 year old in the movie. Like, yes. get over it, he's, man. he's like, acting allowed, like a 19 year old yeah. yeah you can have you're allowed to like have emotions and like share sentimental moments with your family members when you're a grown-up i hope maybe not though it was 2011 i don't know that's we've talked about that or yeah the the box that masculinity puts you in maybe these mm. movies are really just all ab sandler trying to be like masculinity puts you in a box i want to connect expressing certain yeah. emotions and you can't connect and you need to uh free yourself from that box uh and sometimes it means pushing yourself outside of your comfort zone i, th- I think so. that's that's the movie he's been making since punch drunk love yeah because that's what punch drunk love was actually about actually and so he actually just keeps about, being like yeah. oh whoops i kind of made that pt anderson movie i did again <laughs> yeah uh, that's weird maybe yeah it's just like ever since he made that movie he keeps he knows like, god he damn knows, it i did it again this is a fucking like, movie about a guy who can't connect with people yeah, he knows that there was something about that movie that made it different than the other <laughs> movies that he's made, and he can't place his finger on it, so he has to keep trying to remake it in different ways. And it's like, I don't... What was that movie? I'm trying to figure Why out P.T. Anderson's special sauce. It. Yeah. It's like, oh, no, it needs a little more of me playing a woman. Let me try that. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that'll get it. Um, we did have a few more cameos uh just some really interesting i I, i'm trying to remember why they're in there but like infomercial people so we had um the sham wow guy okay we also had billy blanks who did the tybo videos back in the 90s okay um uh we had john uh mackenroll mackenroll from um from the 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 show tennis for (laughs) 20 years he played in that one and uh-huh. uh, he's been in a lot of Adam Sandler movies. I think the one that comes he's to mind is Mr. Yeah. Mr. Deeds, where he gets drunk with okay. Mr. Deeds. And then cool. Michael Irving, uh, the football player who was in The Longest Yard, he's also uh-huh. in this very briefly. Do they just like show up because they happen to be hanging out, I guess? I don't know. Um, yeah, and I think that's... I think that's all the 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 people that i noticed um i had a question for you uh does this movie pass the bechtel test is there a scene so that's where is there a scene with two uh women talking about something that isn't a man yeah i don't know i don't remember i i, I didn't think that it there did might as be i was one watching with, uh, is there a scene with jill and uh katie holmes there are but i feel like they for one, it's Adam Sandler, but even as the characters, I think they're talking right. about Jack. I think they're mm-hmm. talking about Jack. Hmm. They might be talking about Jack. Does it... Well, probably 
Hmm. Yeah. That's an interesting variation. I think of the Bechdel test, like, they're talking about a man, like, romantically. Does it count Hmm. if they're talking about, like, just another... Well, yeah, I I just, I guess if it's, like, the object of... I feel like just if they're talking about a male character. Okay. Now, it's different if they're, like, talking about killing that male character. But then you would imagine that would have... The movie would have, like, other moments, too. But now I'm thinking about, like, just go with it. Does that have any moments where... But If... Okay, here, you gave me an idea. Alternate pitch for Jack and Jill. What if... Yes. Jill and Kate... What if Katie Holmes and Jill decide to kill Jack? And then... Jill has to impersonate Jack because there's like an inspector or yes. something because they want to cover up and they don't want people to find out that he's dead yet for some reason. Because yes. he's a monster. Be... But he's super rich. He's mm-hmm. a really bad guy. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, something like that. There's a movie. I like that. Where like maybe Jack and Jill too, uh, Katie Holmes' character calls up Jill and she's like, I need you to come to LA. She's like, "What? What's wrong? What's going on?" She's like, "I just need you to come to LA. I killed Jack." And so then the whole movie is Jill is going to impersonate Jack around the kids, around the landscaper who's also now her husband. Oh man, Al Pacino's back in this one. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, that he could be, be really figuring good. it out, doing some more scary Al Pacino stuff. Yeah, like there's, I think there's something wrong. <laughs> I don't know. I'm I, I'm Al Pacino. No, that doesn't quite work. Hey, <laughs> are you listening to me? I'm Al Pacino. I always He's... say my own name. What do you mean? He's a man of many voices. <laughs> Uh, who, um, Al Pacino? <laughs> yeah, Al Pacino, very solid performance. Yes, uh, that I feel like is a great uh, great thing to talk about. Um, I thought it was perfect. Yeah, the saving grace of this movie, the, the, the coup d'etat, if you will. Yeah, yeah, Al, yeah, Al Pacino was a ton of fun to watch in the movie. Um, it seemed like a uh, serious, I don't know. like yeah, he was good. He was from the get go too. Like the first yeah. scene, I think we see is he's at basketball and hiding, you know, trying mm-hmm. to hide. And I thought that was a funny moment because he's like done everything he can to hide. He but he's mm-hmm. sitting next to Johnny Depp, and the like basketball, you know, stadium big screen thing. The camera zooms in, and it's like Al Pacino's here. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> That was a great moment. Um, and then just throughout it, he like slowly... Could you figure out what play he was in where he was acting and the phone was ringing? And he, The whole point is like Al Pacino's kind of losing his mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, but did you, could you, did you catch that play, what play that was? I think, I think I just read that it was Richard III. Richard III, okay. That would make sense because that one's... So that's the third third one that Shakespeare did of the Richard series. Um, uh-huh. yeah. So, and that, that's the one where the guy, yeah, that would make sense. Probably. It's, yeah. It's the one where uh, he has to go back to his hometown and 
solve like a murder. So and like you pers- know the you know the Richard series. He's like a cop. The first one, he's yeah. in a big city. Uh, or really the okay. So the first one, he's in New York. The second one, he goes to San Francisco. But then in the third one, he has to go back to like the small town and solve okay, a murder yeah. there. And he's like he's such a big city cop that he like can't even like. He's just like having to reconnect, and people yeah. are like, "Richard, you've changed." And he's like, I'm "Yeah, a big city cop." What do you expect from me? Yeah. <laughs> the newest thriller from Blaine Shakespeare, yeah. Richard the Third. Yeah, I was thinking more of like it's a little, it's got action, but it's also a little bit lighthearted, kind of like Lethal Weapon. Oh, okay. Um, and so like maybe he has to milk a cow at one point. Uh, I don't know. I'm kind of screwing it up. I said it was his yeah. hometown, but now I kind of want it to not be his hometown. Okay. Because I want yeah. him to be a real fish out of water in this one. Uh, Richard Richard goes rural. Could be a good name for it. <laughs> yeah, and it could be Al Pacino too. I think you. I think it would work, absolutely yeah. do this character. Yeah, this is a really cool rewrite of a play I've never read. I'm excited for it. <laughs> mm-hmm. We are uh, both have a master's degrees in English. <laughs> I also have not read and have no idea what uh, any of the. Hey, I'm working on a PhD. I yeah, still haven't read it these degrees I did, mean i did read macbeth in nice, high school nice i watched the Boz lerman romeo and juliet oh nice in it's high school. school i think i did <laughs> too is that the one with, good. is that romeo plus juliet i think so with leo okay. decap yeah yeah um no i loved al pacino in this uh the whole you know the Really, the plot of it, like I said, is that kind of weird triangle where Jack wants Al Pacino to do the commercial. Mm-hmm. And at the very end of the movie, we get this, we finally get the payoff of the Al Pacino Dunkin' Donuts commercial. And I lost my shit. <laughs> yeah. I thought that shit was so fucking funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought it was perfect and just completely unexpected. And yeah. I was I was very happy with that. Yeah, yeah, it was. I may have watched that a couple times. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Good. Yeah, that was funny. All the Al Pacino stuff, I thought. Yeah. It was pretty good. Um. Man. Yeah, I I said at the beginning that um, you know, I felt like Jill was kind of the failure to launch character, the kind of mm-hmm. earlier Adam mm-hmm. Sandler character, and I think one of the ways that that plays out by the end of the movie is that she ends up getting a love interest mm-hmm. you know she's not just jill now but she actually can kind of move on mature you know spread her wings and and fall in love with somebody else i mean i think it's just a standard movie thing but i also just think it fits really well with that kind of failure to launch thing um and i also just kind of felt like again that the operating kind of motivation or emotion in this movie was pity like Mm. i'm supposed to pity jill and then feel really glad that jack finally acknowledges her for who she is and accepts her Mm. and maybe maybe it's not quite the same but i got the same vibe as i as i had when uh when we watched grown-ups personally so yeah man you're talking about uh the like arc of the movie and like the failure to launch character or these like M. Sandler archetypes again, and my computer's heating up again. So uh, I need to go set the fan lower, but uh, 
I think that it's just that's some hot stuff, man. It is, yeah. Some hot analysis. These are my hot that you're, takes. You're laying down hot takes. <laughs> that's what they maybe say. Maybe your computer's just mocking me. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Damn it. He's gone again. I'm gonna try out some impersonations. Um, Hoo dee No, that's not good. Um, I'm El Pacino. Oh God, I cannot get that one. I was gonna turn my apartment into a fucking uh, ice ice cube ice, in here. Ice cube. Yeah. That's good. I wonder if they sell ice some factory. kind of like cooling thing for your the bottom of your laptop. Yes. Or like something. I think if you put it on something and there's like little vents coming out or something like that. Oh, what is it on right now? It's just under it's that blanket with you. <laughs> yeah, it's under the blanket. <laughs> yeah, of course. I like to do it in my little. I like to make a little blanket for it when we record. That's cute. Uh, listeners at home don't know this, so yeah, I just uh, yeah, just like to record in my little blanket for it. It's fine. That's fair. That's great. Um, yeah, some of these comments I wrote down in my notes, I uh, don't actually know what they mean anymore. It flew in my bread. <laughs> I wrote down, I got a funny sensation in my toe. I don't know what that means either. <laughs> Who's the old, what's the old lady's deal? Um, <laughs> oh, I said... One of the moments where Jack and Jill are talking, they have this scene where J- Jill is also lifting weights, and she's, like, oh, okay. better than the weightlifters. And I just wrote, this scene is so dull that they have to put in the weightlifters. Like, the weightlifters <laughs> contribute nothing. It's not even funny, but they just have to have uh, something to distract you from how oh. dull and boring this dialogue is. Yes. Okay, so now we're hitting on something. So here's something from my note. is This movie is like a blank slate. I can look at it and acknowledge that a movie is happening in front of me, but I can't tell you anything about it. And uh, I ended up not really feeling that way as much, but for the first like half hour or yeah. like 45 minutes of the movie, I had no idea what I was supposed to be getting out of it. The it fucking because yeah. Jill isn't even like out, that outrageous or anything. No, nope. it's just like she's she's maybe mildly annoying. And then Jack overreacts to her, but I had no idea, like, where it was just, uh, like, a movie. I could see that a movie was happening in front of me, Yeah, I didn't know I think like, one of the be- what I was supposed to get out of it. For sure. Man, I, w- I would like you to just repeat, keep that line in mind just for the future, because maybe we'll need it again. But <laughs> this movie is like a blank slate. I can watch it, but I have no idea what is happening. This is mm-hmm. not the wine talking. <laughs> um, I... The, the Thanksgiving scene early on just mm. felt like it was happening in real time and it also yeah. felt like there was nothing funny happening. Yeah. And so it was just nothing was landing in that scene and it was just people talking. It was like, I could not believe they didn't reshoot this. I cannot believe they tried, mm-hmm. they didn't try to make more of these people do something funny. But yeah. all we had was Adam Sandler and Adam Sandler and Alan Cover as Otto kind mm-hmm. of being like, oh, this is weird. That's all yeah. we had and they were not... And, he wasn't be- Adam Sandler wasn't being funny and no one else was even trying to be funny so it was just watching a Thanksgiving dinner yeah it was crazy he was, he was very hostile toward her and Jill, toward Jill Jack was very hostile towards Jill Jill seemed mostly normal to me except that she couldn't remember the name of a movie and insisted that she could kind of annoying yeah <laughs> very but, and he was like you're a horrible person 
Yes. You're the most well, the, awful, the, annoying person ever. And it was so <laughs> annoying that the movie that she couldn't remember was It's a Wonderful Life. And she said, yeah. it, like, the one she landed on eventually was Star Wars. And it was just like... No, I, that was... I think that was Alan Covert that figured out it was Star Wars. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. What it did she a, say I don't think she, she could it never out. figure it out. Yeah, she's like, no, it's yeah. not that one. That's right. Yeah, and we I got a montage. We got a montage like twenty minutes in. Yeah, I you know that you're not in a great movie when you get a montage twenty minutes. <laughs> twenty in. minutes in. Yeah. Like oh, we just got to fill some space here. Okay, some things happen. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, that Thanksgiving. Poof. Yeah. It's one to remember. But I couldn't tell like. I couldn't tell, this was a thing that I could not tell at this point. I mean, I still don't really know. It seems like ultimately the movie was not, the movie was more or less on Jill's side, but wanted to get, you know, make her the butt of as many jokes as it could. Yeah. Because that's kind of how these operate, but basically Jack was the one who was overreacting. Yeah. But during the Thanksgiving scene, I couldn't tell if I was supposed to be like, Jill is so, wow, I'm on Jack's side. I can't believe he has to put up with this really annoying person. Or if I was supposed to be like, wow, Jack is really weirdly hostile. Yeah. <laughs> and I couldn't tell how like how to read his family, like the rest of the family there, if they were like, how if they viewed Jill as annoying or not. I don't know. I have no idea. I yeah. also... Yeah, I feel the same way. Just... It's baffling. <laughs> I was baffled. <laughs> Utterly baffling. Yeah, I was just kind of staring at it like, huh? Man. Um, I wanted but to... I think... Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, but it is a good movie. Yeah, right. Is that what you're going to say? <laughs> Any movie but ultimately, yeah, yeah, full endorsement. Right. Yeah. Would and you? Like they, yeah, and I agree with you when you said they had to put the weightless lifters in one scene. Uh, yeah. The joke there being, I think that Jill could out work, could outlift uh, some weightlifters. Yes. Uh, they had to put something like that in because what was actually happening in the movie was very dull. Very. <laughs> very dull, and you know this is a this is a directed produced uh-huh. written by adam sandler movie too so which we, we know that it's everybody but yeah man no he yeah. dennis dugan no oh no he's sorry he starred produced and wrote it um but dennis oh, dugan okay. dennis dugan directed this one yeah oh, you're right you're right uh wow yeah dennis dugan's really been doing a lot lately good <laughs> I mean he's done a lot of the last few movies okay fun fact about this movie here's some trivia okay uh, it, it's the first movie maybe the only movie that won all of the raspberry awards so the raspberry awards oh no it didn't oh whatever I read was wrong Katie Holmes did not win Damn. for worst supporting actress she did oh, fine I thought David, Sp- David Spade won so it did. Oh my god! So, so it swept the uh, the Golden Raspberry Awards. It was nominated for, for twelve Razzies in all ten categories. <laughs> yeah. 
Wow. Oh, man. It was, yeah. Well, so, isn't it kind of nice that you're on this when you know you're on the same page with um, with the critics, you know? Mm-hmm. Though, here's something I caught uh, that I'm not sure that I am on the same page of. It says, it also won worst prequel, remake, ripoff, or sequel. It says it's a ripoff of Glenn or Glenda, uh, which uh, that's a movie I haven't seen, but just reading about it... Um, that to me felt like a uh, transphobic jab at both. Glenn or Glenda is Ed Wood's movie about, I think, transsexual surgery, oh. or just or just about different gender. Like a care. I think it's about. I don't know. I, I I haven't seen it. I think it has to do with a variety of different ways in which people break out of gender roles it's Ed Wood he's a famously weird or like not good at, at making traditional movies yeah guy. Um, but uh, I feel like the movies have nothing to do with each other and it sounds like this was his attempt it says it was it's, the Wikipedia says Wood himself was a cross-dresser uh, which you'll know if you watch the uh Tim Burton movie about him, but and the film is a plea for tolerance. Uh, so I think that by putting, so I yeah. I do not think Jack and Jill should have won uh, that particular Razzie. I don't think it was a ripoff of Glenn or Glenda just because uh, clearly it was a ripoff of Tootsie. No, I don't know. <laughs> just there's been a lot of movies that it could be. It's, wow. it's an old joke that doesn't work anymore, as we talked about. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is an old joke that doesn't work anymore. Um, so, I mean, all of this being said, would you recommend this movie? No. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, I know. Shocker. Me. <laughs> I guess me either. <laughs> How drunk were you when you watched it? Uh, not at all. I okay. watched it during lunches. Okay. Yeah, that's yeah. No, uh, I think just go with it. It's the only one where I. I think we're all, we're gonna we're gonna have those oddballs where we like you know like the like a movie that absolutely yeah surprises us. So. That's kind of what I'm yeah. hoping for. I mean, that makes it more interesting. It would be nice. Yeah, um, I can't wait. So, yeah, I I also would not recommend it in, in any shape or form. Just like a blank slate, it, forget that it's there, and you won't lose anything. But if you really like Al Pacino, yeah, I if you're working through the Al Pacino that's filmography, true. you got to see this one. Yeah, that's so. true. So, um, yeah, uh, what's on the docket next next time around? It might be a Hotel Transylvania. That could be fun. I think that might be fun, but maybe not. That one, uh, I think it's directed by the person who uh, created Samurai Jack, which nice. makes it more interesting than just kind of like a run-of-the-mill like yeah kids st- strictly for kids uh, cartoon movie. But it's, I have not seen it's it. Actually, so. It's oh, actually looking it? like before that we have to see. That's my that's boy. That's my boy. All right, this one is notable oh. to me, I believe, because it's an R-rated uh, movie. 
and uh, oh okay, it has Andy Sandberg, and I think it goes for a lot more crass humor, which I would imagine Damn. is because he lost kind of. They didn't need to appeal to middle schoolers anymore, so it's just like why not give why not give it a shot? Yeah. Well, maybe this is his way of trying to appeal to them again. Oh, like, oh right. Um, we'll give there's it a shot. A, I think so a interesting. Whole, yeah. I think there's a whole like way that you can trace the like the what is it MPAA but like the ratings of comment of successful comedies yeah and in the 80s a lot of R-rated movies but then in the 90s kind of dropped down to PG-13 movies for a while then with Judd Apatow I think it or like The Hangover kind of went there were a lot more R-rated movies again yeah now nobody gives so, yeah, a shit. I don't know. <laughs> no, no one cares. The ratings don't even exist anymore. Yeah. Um, yeah. 1917, somebody puts their hand through somebody's chest. Yeah. It's insane. Um, I went ahead and checked the email. Oh, okay. And we have an email. Okay. Yeah, the subject line says, keep it up. Oh. It's from Sierra, our dear friend and longtime listener of the show. Okay. She says, hi, guys. Just want to drop a quick note that I'm glad y'all are still doing the cast, and to please don't worry about them being too long, LOL. The more content, the better. I don't get bored of listening. Stay well, and hibbity-dibbity, your number one fan, Sierra. Uh, awesome. I think they're getting Man. longer. <laughs> Yeah, this one's one of the longest. Yeah. Uh, man, I feel like we should donate to Sierra's Patreon for being for listening. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's a cool idea uh, for a Patreon. <laughs> Google has some quick suggestions for what I can send back. I could say, um, "Thank you!" exclamation point. I could also th- say, "Thanks, I will!" exclamation point. I could also say, "Haha, thanks!" exclamation point. I think I'll just write her back a thoughtful email. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I guess there's things that AI can't do yet. Yeah. Thoughtful emails. Yeah. God damn it. <laughs> They're on the no, way. No, uh, that's awesome. AI, uh, you're just like my dad. Yeah. No, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. I'm glad. Uh, thanks again uh, for writing in, uh, Sierra. And, um, yeah, I'm glad that you're still enjoying it. Uh yeah. It's yeah, awesome. and I'm glad that you're. Uh, I, I I don't know which episode Sierra's on now, but I feel like we've we've done pretty good ever since we knew someone was out there listening, at being more consistent about our output. That's true. Yeah. Um, so we hope you appreciate that too. And anyone else who may be listening, if you would like to let us know, uh, the email is the number four and the letters A S podcast so that's 4as podcast at gmail.com and you can find this podcast everywhere that you find podcasts i think so (laughs) i think so podcast we're like on everything now dot com so yeah podcast i don't know if that's a website Uh, that's just changing the domain i don't know yeah um yeah, so Jack and Humor. Jill is in the books. Do we need it anymore? <laughs> no. No, we don't. The way this world's going, I guess not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, okay. I, I think with that, we'll just... Uh, yeah, I think... Um, we just hope everyone, obviously, still kind of quarantined during this time, or social distancing and stuff, and hope you all are safe out there. And Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, take care of yourselves, and... Uh, Hibbity-dibbity! That's going to be the new... That's going to be the new... The new... Uh, I've been bad on the words today. What's that word for the thing that you say at the end oh, of something? Oh, I don't know. What, like a sound Action. off, or...? Sound, sound, sign off. Sign, sign, off. sign off. Sign off. Hibbity dibbity. Right. Okay. Hib. Okay. No more. All right. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. But come on. Aren't I a pain in the butt? I mean, don't I annoy everybody? You got so much love in you, Jill. So much to give. You just need someone to give it to. To dream the impossible dream to fight the unbeatable foe to bear with unbearable sorrow. Dulcinea. Dulcinea.